I'm Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey, welcome back, y'all. Hey. I feel like I was far away from my mic. Let me get get in here and get close. Yeah. I've been vaccinated. It's been like five months since we recorded. We feel like it's been a long ass time. (laughs) It's kind of for us, though. Yeah. Sometimes we record two episodes in a week. So, like, not recording for an entire week and a half feels like a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And just due to a lot of things, we're actually recording this the day before it goes out. Which is the first time we do. So if it's a mess, you know why. <laughs> trying to spice <laughs> it up. Right. Keep y'all on your feet. Us too, apparently. Current crime? Yeah. Yes. All right. So we decided to do something a little lighter. I feel like we've been pretty heavy with y'all for the last couple weeks. So this was posted on September 24th. I don't think it needs any content warnings. So I'll just go right into it. Um... The title is Woman Arrested After Bomb Threats Forced Evacuation of Pittsfield Company, Police Say. An Aetna woman called in two threats Thursday directed at Puritan Medical Products distributing manufacturing operations for a day. Disrupting manufacturing operations for a day. I was like, distributing, (laughs) uh, authorities say. Another woman who wanted to spend more time with her boyfriend was arrested after she directed two separate bomb threats at Puritan Medical Products where he worked, forcing evacuations and disrupting manufacturing operations. What? Girl, it's not worth it. Because she was. I promise it's not worth it. He can't just call out. Like, <laughs> right. He got his sick face. <laughs> no more PTO. Oh, fucking dick. For the dick. Okay. No. Pittsburgh Police Chief Harold Pete Bickmore said the first threat was made around 9 a.m. Also, the fact that she did it twice. Is yeah, it in no. the same day? She wanted to make sure. Right. And at 9 a.m., you just got there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Like, you miss him that much. Right. He probably just left your house. Exactly. Was this a plan, though, or did she just take it upon herself? She right. was like, I want him to come home, and he won't take the day off, so. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, my God. Um, so, she made the first threat around 9 a.m. on Thursday when a woman called Maine State Police and said she was going to place, place a bomb at the Pearson plant at 125 North Main Street. The same woman, in a second call, two hours later, said she intended to place Four pipe bombs near the plant, Big said. This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Does she even know how to make a bomb? That's what I'm wondering. Like, was this just the threat? Was she really ready to blow it up? <laughs> State police notified Pittsville police and the sheriff's offices in both Somerset and Penobscot counties and then traced the call to Edna, Big said. What is this word? Penobscot deputies found the woman after interviewing people in an Etna neighborhood. The deputies secured a confession from the woman who said there were no bombs, according to Bickmore. She was identified by authorities as 33-year-old. Now, girl, you're too old. Exactly. (laughs) 33-year-old Kayla Blake. She was charged with a felony count of terrorizing and taken to Somerset County Jail. Her bail was set at $1,500. That's it? Okay. She might... No, no. <laughs> I just had to make sure because I don't want to be like, oh, white people in there and be a black bitch. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. $1,500? $1, for a terrorist, terrorism charge? If she goes through a bail company, she'll pay one fifty. Yep. And she was ordered to stay away from Puritan property and not contact the company. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Did her boyfriend get fired? 
He gonna always be home now. Right. Please leave. Your girlfriend is doing too much. Right. This is very, very intense. Um, y'all should see code. <laughs> Puritan, a Guilford-based company, has two manufacturing sites in Pittsfield. Both produce swabs for medical use, primarily for COVID-19 tests. The two plants are in proximity to one another, so the company chose to evacuate both locations, said Christy Rizzatello, director of human resources for Puritan. That meant sending home workers on first shift who were already at the plant and telling those on the second shift not to come in for the day, affecting around 400 people. Oh, shit. Yeah. And they probably didn't get paid. Right. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You ruined everybody's day. You, you fucked up 400 people's days because you wanted your boyfriend to come home <laughs> when he already left for work, when he was probably just with you, and he'd get off at five. It's right. Like, that and if you really wanted to spend time with him, let's just say like she worked night shift. Why, bitch, why don't you call out your job? Right. And, and then wait for him to get home. But you want one, what is this, an eight hour window of time together at best? Right. Now you're going to jail. Like <laughs> with terrorism charges. <laughs> terrorism, babe. Like what? It is not. In no it's, world is it worth it. It just escalated so quickly. I just can't get over it. And I'm just... I don't know. I want to see what he looks like because I got questions. That's what I'm saying. Does he look like Tom Hardy? Does he? <laughs> now, if he looks like Trevante Rose, honestly, <laughs> bitch, I get it. bitch. <laughs> you know what? I got I got money on the books. Solidarity. <laughs> I would absolutely do some wild shit for Trevante. And if you're listening, I love you so much. Come Thank home. <laughs> Come home. <laughs> <laughs> the kids miss you. <laughs> Um, Rizzatello said Puritan was told of the arrest Thursday night, so employees were able to return to work Friday. The company is still assessing losses associated with the evacuation. I wonder if they're going to charge her for that. Mm, like, the money they lost. Uh, but Thursday is typically a full manufacturing day, so it was a full day's loss of production. Bigmore said the investigation into the threats involved several other agencies, as well as the Pittsville Fire Department, the FBI, and Sign Bro Security. Just a waste. Yeah, like a waste of everybody's <laughs> of time. Everyone's time. Everyone's time, because she want to play games. Sign Bro owns the building on North Main Street and assists Puritan with security. Bigmore said he appreciated the assistance from the other agencies, especially since the Pittsville Police Force has been short-staffed for months. It was great to- it was great teamwork. Yeah, y'all teamwork together. Right. I ran this one white lady. There was no real bomb. And didn't even charge her with shit. Fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. If you like, what is it? Undetonated a bomb? Like took it apart before it went off? Then I'd be like, yeah, great teamwork. Right. right. You, you actually mitigated a threat. Y'all came together to, to take notes. I can to do that on phone call. Right. I can do that with a sticky note pad. Like, sign me up. It was it was a great investigation and hard work, but. Cops really take themselves so seriously. It was great investigation and hard work by Penobscot County Sheriff's Office deputies. I can't say enough about all our hard work and the support we got from the Maine State Police and the FBI. So, oh my gosh! Girl. In this extreme time of need, when somebody called in a bomb threat, I, I, I don't know. Was that the reason? I don't know. I need to know more about it's her situation a, with her man. They probably were in a fight. That's what I'm like. Thinking. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm not talking about this anymore. I have to go to work. She was like, "Bet, bitch, you ain't gonna have no job, right? Fucking around with me." Because <laughs> <laughs> four bombs, she met four bombs. She wanted to make sure he ain't had no job. Like, bitch, oh you make no money today. We need another story. Yeah, that's Call him. <laughs> Email us. Right, right. Caleb. We know you're not in jail because you're white. <laughs> <laughs> 
You at home. No, man. Potting your next threat. What that fucking super speeder ticket price? Like, how y'all give her three for the price of one? Like, they probably even made up. You know they made up. Yeah. Right. I, I was like, oh, you did that for me. for a moving violation here in the city of Atlanta. Honestly. $1,500. Please. Oh, no. I'm showing them a picture of That's her. not what I... It's not what I expected, but also what I, exactly what I expected. Yeah. Right. I can see that. I'm not surprised at all, but honestly, that's not what I was... Yeah. It's not okay. giving stable. It's yeah. definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good plan. She wanted to fuck up his money. Like, his check definitely going to be a couple she days short. his, his co-workers, and all other 400 <laughs> people that work there, including the police. The 400 people... Department. 400 people know your name and they know you fucked up their money. No, bitch, now you got thousands of people. If he can go back to work, he gonna get jumped. <laughs> <laughs> they like, bring that bitch up here too. Cause this is right. for Rachel, you big fat. <laughs> I have to do what I'm saying. Y'all know that, right? If you go to the reference, you have to put it on our Favorite. Like it's so problematic. That shit is so funny. No, that's just fucking it hilarious. hilarious. Oh, my <laughs> oh my god! Yes, great job. Oh, you said like we both doing exactly. Just that too. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Well, All right. this is well, going we got on. Some laughs off today. Now that we made ourselves laugh. That's what's going on in crime. Right. <laughs> that's a new wave, girls. <laughs> If you get in a fight with your man, call the warehouse. Tell them if you're going to blow it up. Please don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Because they're going to look at us for evidence. Right, like, right. We need all the episodes where y'all told bitches to call their man's job. Right. Oh, yeah. No, oh, just, my goodness. I don't know. <sighs> just be nice. Don't Talk go to jail over these niggas. Oh, yeah, right. please. Just don't. Yes, please don't. Period. It's not worth it. He'll be home soon. <laughs> and if he doesn't come home, fuck him. Yeah. Right. There's plenty of other niggas out here. Plenty. Get you a line cook. Please don't do that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> said, yeah, that's a mistake. <laughs> but they go in at five, though. <laughs> they do. And honestly, you know, kitchen niggas, they can cook. They usually have good dick, but the chaos. Yeah, the chaos. No. I got stories. So. Okay. Well, that was current and crime. Yes. We'll yes. see y'all for the, uh, the real thing now. Yeah. Okay, y'all. We're back. Yeah, we're back. The main story. What did, what do we call it? The, the, the main story? Yeah. <laughs> we need better games for ourselves. <laughs> we got names for everything but what we actually came here to do. Right. <laughs> Here's the podcast. Right. Featured um, crime. Right. Yeah. Our lead investigator this week is Aaron. Me. Me. Okay, so this is called the Antwerp Diamond Heist. And it... I don't really think it needs any content warnings, but I just put heist. <laughs> <laughs> so the heist trigger you. Right. And don't listen to If you got robbed before. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's me. Like, exactly. I'm niggas. Like. Um, okay. So Antwerp Diamond Heist, and it takes place on February 15th and 16th of 2003. Oh, so I thought it was going to be... You hear the word heist and, and you I think, think it's so timing. long ago, mm-hmm. right? I was picturing like a revolver and <laughs> the old west. The yeah. long ass coats. Yeah, shit. exactly. I still picture it like that. <laughs> but it's also like only 20 years ago or whatever. <laughs> if I ever rob a bank, I'm definitely going to do it up. I love a costume. Oh, that's a That's yeah. a huge trench coat. Yeah. All of it. With the little two, they give me the little holsters. With the, yes. Why are we here if we don't have this? Exactly. 
You don't appreciate the two-piece suit? <laughs> no. No, that's not what we came for. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess? And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch. A gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. Um, the big cutty couch. Mwah. And we need outfit changes. But anyway, <laughs> so it's dubbed the heist of the century, and it's by yeah. far the largest diamond heist ever, and it's been classified to be one of the largest robberies in history. Oh, wow. So it takes place in Antwerp, Belgium. And um, Antwerp, Belgium, since the Middle Ages, was the capital of the world's diamond trade. Hmm. So the port of Antwerp, is one of the biggest in the world, and it's ranked second in Europe in 20, um, and, and it's in the top 20 globally. So 85% of the world's rough diamonds pass through this district wow. annually. Yeah, they got all the diamonds. So <laughs> due to all the diamond trade that flowed through Antwerp, it's basically seen as like a lottery for criminals. So it's like the best place for a criminal, but also you pretty much will have no success because it's so guarded. Mm-hmm. And... Um, most of the diamonds are kept in the Antwerp Diamond Center, which is like the heart of the city. And the facilitates it that center facilitates the import and the export of all the diamonds that come in and out of Antwerp. Mm. So it's constantly on full lockdown. They have armed guards who control who goes in and out. They have electronic surveillance that covers all movements. All of the keys are monitored, all the goods are compartmentalized, and then there's barricades that control vehicle access. So they don't play. But our team of heisters, I don't know, <laughs> um, they didn't give a fuck. They were like, we're going to try this. So I'm going to go through the team. And I feel like we were just talking about oceans. I literally feel like this is the real life oceans. But Yeah, I'm like picturing it in my mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. So the main guy, Leonardo Not- Notarbatolo. Y'all, these are names from like Italy, I think. These are all Italian, so it's hard to um, pronounce, but... Leonardo, he's the mastermind of the heist, and his nickname was the artist. Ooh, yes, that's we're gonna have nicknames. We're gonna have. Well, I don't know if we're gonna do a heist, but we can have nicknames too. <laughs> so this is gonna be George Clooney. Like, <laughs> yes, this is George Clooney. Yeah. So he was born in Palermo, Italy, in 1952, and he was 51 years at the time of the heist. Oh and he is a small town, a small time jeweler. So during interviews with Leonardo after the fact, he returned, he referred to the rest of his team by their nicknames. So people don't really know who matches up with the nickname, but through mm-hmm. the story, they kind of made like some inferences. So I'm just going to tell what they assume it is, but they don't know for sure, like who is what nickname. Mm. So Pietro Tavano was nicknamed Speedy. Name Pietro. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the name of the Marvel character. And oh, the, the brother. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Cute. So Pietro is named Speedy, and he's described as anxious and paranoid, and he's a longtime friend of Leonardo. Um, Fernando Finotto was nicknamed the Monster, and he's described as a tall. (laughs) He's described as a tall, muscular man. He's an expert lock picker, an electrician, a mechanic, and a driver. 
Oh. This Ellie. is literally a movie. I know. Well, I, I had so much fun researching this, especially because there's no murder, so it felt, like, fun. Um, Elio de Orno was nicknamed the genius. He specializes in alarm systems, and he's an electronics expert known to be linked to a lot of robberies. So the last one is the King of Keys, and no one knows his true identity because he was the only member who wasn't caught. Period. I love that for him. (laughs) (laughs) He's an older man, and he's described as one of the best key forgers in the world. So the group is known as the School of Turin, and they're famously known by that because they're the ring of Italian thieves. And it's like La Scuola di Torino. That's what it is in Italian, y'all. But it's the School of Turin in English. Okay, so let's get into the crime. The Antwerp Diamond Center housed a vault that was the main target of this heist. So the vault contained 160 security boxes of diamonds, jewels, and other riches. It was situated two floors below the main floor. It was protected by multiple security systems, which included a four-number lock with 100 million possible combinations, infrared heat detectors, a seismic sensor, a Doppler radar, and a magnetic field. What? Yeah. Did they turn themselves invisible or something? (laughs) Yes. I sent my spirit into the vault. Right. (laughs) So like I mentioned before, the building also has the private security force just for the entire building. And the building sits in the middle of the Diamond Antwerp, or I'm sorry, the Antwerp Diamond District, which itself is heavily guarded. Yeah. What does a magnetic field do? Like I just picked... Okay, so I kind of explain it when I get to it, but basically it's like, have you seen those um, doors that are kept closed by two magnets? Mm, Okay. That's what it is. Okay, so to prepare for the crime, they, um, it took a long ass time, which if you've seen Oceans in any other heist, it typically does. So 27 months before the planned heist, Leonardo rented a sparsely furnished office for about 25,000 Belgian francs, which is 700 US dollars per month in the Antwerp World Diamond Center. And he posed as an Italian diamond merchant. So he poses as diamond person, was able to get an office in the center. So he kind of took this technique from a New York-based criminal authority called Mr. Stan. And he was the first one to accomplish it in New York's um, Diamond Center many years before the robbery. So he did the same thing by like getting an apartment or whatever. Okay. So basically the technique is to create access to the safe deposit box that is located in the vault beneath the building. So if you have an office, you mm-hmm. also get a safe deposit box, which is within the vault. And because he's a tenant of the building, he gets a tenant ID card that gives him access to the entire building 24 hours. Wow. So he said that <clears throat> 27 months before the heist. The long game. Right. Right. So now, 18 months before the heist, they start preparing. So the group conducted detailed surveillance of the Diamond Center. They used camera pens to take pictures of the center and the vault. And because Leonardo was posing as a diamond merchant and visiting frequently, security became used to his presence and paid him less attention. So they stopped, like, if they saw him on the video cameras, they stopped looking because they're like, oh, it's just Leonardo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time he's surveilling the area. Getting so, chased. Right. So they then hit a small camera above the vault door, which was really hard to see when the ceiling lights were on. And this camera observed the guards that were opening the doors and the combination that they used. That 100 million lock, Mm -hmm. 100 million combo lock, they observed them um, opening that. So the camera then broadcasted the data to a sensor that the group had hidden inside a fire extinguisher in a nearby storage room. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm impressed. Right, the details. Right. So it's alleged that the group practiced with a full-scale replica of the vault that Leonardo claims was produced with help from a diamond trader inside. And then what? I said on my notes, it's giving Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Like, they built <laughs> a an entire-scale replica? Yes. Y'all really want these? How much are these diamonds fucking worth? Like, I'm, I mean, they have trillions of dollars. Billions. Yeah. Um... I was like, that's so fucking cool. Then, it made me want to heist so bad. I want to be in a crime like family so bad. Yes. Like the fact that this exists in the world, like there are crime like gangs out there that yeah. do like really fancy crimes. Like I'm not trying to knock over no mom and pop shop. Like right. let's rob like some smart shit. Right. Like yeah. I need to know how to do this. Like let's rob a museum. Right. Specialized. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, I'm the anxious. I, I want to wear heels <laughs> and like people look at me, but whole time I'm like looking over there. Like, <laughs> I want the heel of my shoe to be a gun. Yes. <laughs> yes. I got a, a waist guard or yes. a thigh guard with a knife in it. And Under just, my dress. Yes. yes. And I can just throw it with accuracy. It's just so much you can do with that. I want it all. I want to be home based. I want to be on a computer somewhere. Oh, yes. I see that. You're the Rihanna. Yeah. You're the Rihanna from Ocean I'm in. <laughs> yes. Y'all get caught. I'll unplug the computer. <laughs> I'm going home. Burn it all down. <laughs> So the day before the robbery was to occur, Leonardo visited the vault and he posed it as a routine visit to a safe deposit box. While he was inside, he sprayed hairspray on the thermal motion sensors. Mm. So the oil from the hairspray is transparent, but it temporarily insulates the sensor from thermal fluctuations in the room. So the sensor would only go off if it detected both heat and motion. And this lasts for a couple of hours, but it doesn't last forever. So he did it as a temporary fix until the group could get in there and completely disable the sensor system. The security camera inside the vault recorded his actions, but the guard wasn't paying attention because he was used to Leonardo's visits. Okay. <laughs> I love Leonardo. <laughs> I love that these people don't think that their co-workers could be the ones that robbed them yes. and shoot them up. Like, I'm the most suspicious of the people who are around me all the fucking time at my job. Right. Uh, I thought you were talking about us for a second. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel safe here. <laughs> but if I was working anywhere, especially at a corporate yeah, building, that's with real. diamonds. I know all of y'all. I'm looking at everybody's. I know sideways. your license plate number. I know who your mama is, like all that yeah. shit. And call me if y'all want to shoot it up a rabbit because I don't want to be there. Like, right. I right. just be late that, or not even come in that day. Honestly. Or call in a bomb threat and then just have everybody. You know, <laughs> all 400. All 400 <laughs> people just leave the building. <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> okay, so the heist. Um, based on police evidence and then Leonardo's statement after the fact, this is kind of how they think that the diamond heist was carried out. So on Friday, the 14th of February, 2003, at 7 p.m. is when it began. The vault doors were closed at 7 p.m. every day, so nobody could go in. It is suspected that Leonardo waited a little ways away while, in the meantime, his crew was entering the building. So I also saw an article that said that Leonardo stayed inside the vault while the doors were closed, but that didn't add up to me. And then all the other articles were like, no, he wasn't in there. So I'm just going to say he wasn't, but just in case, I'll add that little tidbit. So the rest of the crew is the one that's going to go into the building. So to avoid the security cameras in the in the areas around the bank, the King of Keys, you know, nickname, so I love that, I remember. <laughs> love that. He picked the lock to an abandoned office building that was adjoined to the Diamond Center. Mm. It shared a private garden with the center, and it wasn't under video surveillance because it was abandoned. So the garden allowed access to a small balcony on the center, and they accessed that with a ladder. 
So an infrared sensor was monitoring the balcony, but the genius used a large homemade polyester shield to hide his thermal signature. He then placed it in front of the sensor until all of his, so that all of his group was undetected. And after they were able to get through, he then disabled an alarm on the balcony's windows. I know, I'm like smart shit. It's but it also feels like a little simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for a diamond center, like yeah. you just have a shield. And like all of those seismic uh, meters or whatever the fuck and the electromagnetic field. I'm thinking like, because you know, like on Ocean 12, there was like the lasers and he had to yeah. break dance through, you know, <laughs> yeah. all this shit like popping and locking. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. Like y'all broke in the window? Like, <laughs> Well, this is just how they got in the building. It's but, a little more intense. Oh, okay, cute. Okay, okay, cute. <clears throat> so security. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so security cameras were in the antechamber, which, and they covered them with plastic bags so the crew could turn the lights on because if it was dark in there, the cameras would just pick up black. So after all of this, the school of turn found themselves at the door of the vault of the Antwerp Diamond Center. So gaining the entrance to the vault was the complicated part because, like I said before, it was protected by a dual lock system. They had the combination, a key lock, and the two feet of reinforced steel and the magnetic door. So I'll go through each of the different locks and kind of how they did it. So the combination lock, which was a four-number lock with 100 million possible combinations... I'm sorry, four numbers? Like, that's what's on my iPhone. Y'all got trillions of dollars with the diamonds. I think the four, like, okay, a four-number lock does not have 100 million possible combinations. So I don't know what they mean by four numbers. Mm. They probably mean, like, four three-digit numbers. That's Mm. that's gotta be what it is. Yeah. Because any... If it has four single-digit numbers, that's it's probably like, like a hundred something. Three, yeah, it can be that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, "So you mean like my iPhone passcode?" <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's got to be more because yeah, they specifically say a hundred million possible combinations. Yeah. yeah. So the police were never really able to figure out how the robbers were able to crack the access to the vault. But in an interview, Leonardo said that they just used that camera they put and copied the combination. That the police <laughs> said, "Don't think too hard about it." Babe. Right. <laughs> it's all simple. I promise. <laughs> Here's another simple one. So the key lock, the King of Keys had used video footage to successfully make a duplicate of the almost impossible to duplicate foot long vault key. Foot long? Yeah, so it was a big ass key. And they were able to use the video footage for the King of Keys to make a like an exact duplicate. Wow. But <laughs> during the robbery, he had seen through the video that the guards often visited the utility room that was right next door before they would open the door. So in the middle of this robbery, he just goes in and checks it. It was just unlocked. And he said the key was right there. (laughs) (laughs) So the key was in this room. He left the key in an unlocked room. Yeah. Right next to the vault. No, this is a video game. Right. He was like, all right, well, fuck my duplicate. I'm going to just use the real one. (laughs) And the police actually didn't know that he had made a duplicate of the key until Leonardo told them while he was giving his statement. I'm like... You can't tell everything. <laughs> okay, so the vault door had a magnetic lock on it that consisted of two plates. When it was armed, the plates would trigger a magnetic field, and when the door opened, the field would break, which would trigger an alarm. So the genius overcame this by using a custom-made aluminum plate to which he had attached heavy-duty double-sided tape to one side of it. So he then stuck it onto the two bolts and unscrewed them. So while they were loose from their proper position, they were still side by side and generating a magnetic field. So they were pivoted out of the way and taped to the antechamber wall. So I don't know if that was complicated to understand, but basically the aluminum was able to 
keep the magnetic field going even when the magnets were no longer touching each other. Mm. So he just like put the aluminum plate in between them and then they were able to go about their business without um, setting off the alarm. With cooking foil. <laughs> I actually found a... I think this white boy's just really trying to tell us it's not that hard. Like, we'll be thinking it's so sophisticated. Honestly, if you do anything, and I try to live by this, but if you do anything with enough confidence, usually you can get away with it. Like, (laughs) I know that this takes a little bit more effort than that. Yeah, Okay, so I I found this, like, drawing that they made of the vault. It kind of helped me. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we definitely got to put this on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's where the combo was and the key, and then that's where the magnetic field was. And then you go inside, and it has all these all the security boxes, boxes with diamonds, diamonds and jewels and whatnot, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'll put that on the Instagram. I will say, for such a sophisticated center, that vault doesn't look as sophisticated as I thought it would. <laughs> it's probably yeah. nicer. This is just a drawing, but yeah, I agree. That looks like I kindergarten always, cubbies. I picture, like, I don't know, the big circular thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, which I think is what I was picturing when I was doing this research. And I was like, wait, this isn't adding up. So I went and looked at a a picture of it so I could make more sense. Okay. So the crew turned on the antechamber lights before opening. I'm sorry. They turned off the antechamber lights before opening the vault door to avoid tripping the light sensors that were inside of the vault. The monster working in darkness moved to the middle of the room which he had practiced because of the life-size replica. And he reached up to the ceiling and pushed back a panel. And he was able to locate the security systems inbound and outbound wires. Okay, so this is a little technical. (laughs) So an electric pulse shot along these wires. And if any sensor was tripped or broken, the circuit would break and trigger the alarm. So to overcome this, the monster carefully stripped the wire plastic coating and attached a new piece of wire, a piece of new wire to the exposed copper wiring, rerouting the circuit and ensuring that it was irrelevant if the sensors were tripped. Did that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So the heat sensors, they blinded them with styrofoam boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so they really did just go to the Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> they said, this will work. This will work. Cute. They just went to Family that. Dollar. They were <laughs> like, oh, this is just cookout stuff. <laughs> um, they covered the light sensors with tape. And the men worked in darkness because they had memorized the layout of the vault. So occasionally they would flick the lights on for like a, a brief moment in order to position their drill over the lock boxes. But then they would turn it off because of the light sensors. So the King of Keys used a hand cranked drill that he had made specifically for this job to break the locks of each of the security boxes. And the contents were then emptied into a duffel bag. Love that. <laughs> so over the rest of the weekend, the crew broke into safety boxes and out of 160 boxes, they broke into 123. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Where they had popped all the locks with the drill. So these these people were smart as fuck. Because not only did they grab the diamonds, which is all I would have been thinking about, they also grabbed the paperwork that they needed in order to sell the diamonds mm. as legitimate. Well, because Leonardo's a, a jeweler. Yeah. And he knows what you need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, don't forget the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> I got paperwork for mine, too. <laughs> so um, Sunday morning at 5.30 a.m., they determined they had enough, and they set out to leave. And in an escape that was just... Planned. Wait, they spent the night? Yeah, they were there all weekend. Did they bring lunch? What? I, I don't know. I missed that part. I thought this was just like a two, three-hour deal. They no, stayed. Th- it was... What, what was it? February... 15th and 16th. Wow. That's dedication. But I mean, when you're talking about that kind of money, I'd spend the night too. 
So, like, they, the coolest makes sense now because they probably had, like, Corona. Or, like, <laughs> well, it's Italy, so they probably had the... Um, that Italian, San Pellegrino. The Italian beer. <laughs> <laughs> Not they're making drinks, like, cocktails. <laughs> they probably were. They probably were. The charcuterie board. Oh, my goodness. They care about experience, okay? They were like, let's make this an experience. Yeah. Let's make it. Let's prepare little sandwiches. I have a crudite. A little picnic A little picnic layout. <laughs> They did that. Not the weekend. Okay, so this is the escape. Um, So long before they entered the Antwerp Diamond Center, the crew had fabricated their own master key that gave them access to every door in the center. So with their key in hand, some of the crew went to the security center to remove the tapes from the system. And to aid in their getaway, they placed the videos from the nights before into the security system. Mm. So the key gave Leonardo and the crew access to the underground garage, which had an exit route that put them a full block outside the gated and guarded center. So at this point, they were pretty much good to go. They stopped by Leonardo's apartment to divvy up the take, and the crew decided to leave town. So as they were making their escape with approximately 100 million euros, which today is $117 million U.S., Mm -hmm. Leonardo and Speed were tasked with disposing of the evidence of their plans, and they had planned to burn it in France. So Speedy... (laughs) Speedy was freaking out. He was overcome with panic at the prospect of transporting all of this evidence and insisted that they dispose of it in a nearby wooded area rather than going to France and burning it. So, Wasn't it just a train ride, though? It's not like they had to get on a plane with the information. Right. They were in the car. <clears throat> oh, that's even... What? That's even more out. private, yeah. Oh, I this mean, is the little it. anxious one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have anxiety, oh, too. No. But, like, come on, but You got to stick with the plan you made when you weren't anxious. That's the point of making a plan. Smoke a little weed or something. Like. <laughs> Wouldn't have been me, but Speedy was not having it. He was scared. Um, so he suffered a panic attack, and he disposed of the evidence really badly. Mm. Um, Leonardo was busy burning his own evidence in this wooded area and thought it would take too much time to take care of what Speedy had done. So he just decided to leave it and was pretty much confident that no one would find it because they were just in some random area. But a local hunter who owned the land (laughs) called the police when he found the trash the next day. He thought it had been these local teenagers that he had had problems with before. Mm. So when he mentioned that some of the... just the smallest mistake. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, cover so all the bases, people. Right. All the bases. If you knew Speedy was anxious, he shouldn't be the one in charge of getting right. rid of the stuff. Right. Just Come drop on. it off at, like, a Waffle House dumpster or something. I know y'all in Italy. <laughs> Ain't nobody going in that. <laughs> They're Italian. They don't eat Waffle House. <laughs> so, um... The local hunter who had called the police mentioned that some of the trash consisted of envelopes from the Antwerp Diamond Center, and the police immediately investigated. Snitch. <laughs> why are you worried about it? Just throw right. it away. As long as then nobody get killed, why you gotta say anything? Why y'all wanna protect rich people so much? Right. Those diamonds are from fucking Africa anyway. Right. The fuck? Um, so the evidence from the trash was enough to allow police to gain a lead and they were eventually able to identify Leonardo from security footage from a nearby grocery store where he had purchased a sandwich. Oh my God. (laughs) There was a receipt in the bag of his sandwich. (laughs) Some of the stories say that his actual sandwich is in the bag and I was like, all right, y'all, the receipt thing makes more sense to me. Okay. So the punishment, um... The police reportedly found diamonds in Leonardo's apartment, along with other circumstantial evidence like cell phone records. There were no fingerprints that were found in the vault. So Leonardo was sentenced to 10 years in prison by the Court of Appeals of Antwerp in 2005 for orchestrating the heist and being the leader of the School of Turin, 
while three out of the other four got five years each. And like I said earlier, the fifth's identity was never discovered. So a few years later, while in jail, Leonardo claimed in an interview with Wired that the entire thing was an insurance fraud masterminded by another diamond dealer who had contacted the group for the job and that they actually would steal closer to $20 million. But since the vault itself was uninsured, the insurance fraud theory never really made a lot of sense. So they were just like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. He was released on parole in 2009. And in 2011, a European arrest warrant was issued again against him after he was found to have violated his parole conditions. Mm-hmm. And the conditions he violated were that he needed to compensate the victims of the heist. And he never even tried to do that. Fuck them. That's why. What? Like, how's he even compensate for millions? Didn't get the diamonds back? No, they never found them. Oh, the diamonds they found in Leonardo's apartment were like other diamonds. Oh, because he was a jeweler and he probably had done other small heists, but they never never found. found Which is why he tried to convince them that he only stole the twenty million for this insurance fraud. Mm. They're like, that's bullshit. We know that y'all took all these all these diamonds, and the fifth person is like nowhere to be found. So they literally don't know where any of it is and he's like i'm not paying y'all so as a consequence uh, as a consequence of violating his his parole he was arrested again in 2013 at the charles de gaulle airport in paris during a layover from the Euro- u.s to turin and he was made to serve the remainder of his prison sentence until 2017 so like i just said even though most of the gang was arrested and charged the diamonds have never been recovered so Gone down in history. I love that for them. That is amazing. <laughs> they never found him. Yes. I and love that. This is great. I love a heist. Speedy got his ass beat. Stop. Speedy got anxiety. Speedy got it. Yeah, that's, that's on Leonardo. Because he was the leader, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. He should have been there to cover up yeah. his tracks. Also, he should have made him stick to the original plan. They should have went to Paris. Yeah. I feel like after a heist, like once you get out of the building, you become cocky. Like, yeah. you did it. I'm like, no, you didn't do it until you're able to get the money from the diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. You have not been arrested. It's not over. Yeah. But it's like you did all this super smart shit to get in this building, do all this stuff, and you lost it off of a receipt. I know the so other man was mad as fuck. I would have been pissed. I would have been so pissed. I would have been so pissed. Mm-hmm. If I was the monster, I would have beat the ass. <laughs> I can't believe somebody didn't get caught. I love that. Call that me means that they keys. that means they didn't like write him out or anything. Yeah. I love that, yeah. <laughs> I want to read the book. I want to see the movie. There <laughs> is there it. is a lot of stuff about this because, like I said, it's like the biggest heist, and it's the biggest heist because it's the most value. Yeah, I'm sure there are ones that are a little more complicated. But <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. spicier. A little spicier. But yeah. Love that for them. Okay, now we do have to do names. Um, what are what are our nicknames? Oh, our nicknames. <laughs> Um, what am I good at? <laughs> the editor. The editor. <laughs> I want to be the Joker. Oh, Ooh, cute. I love that. I love that. What are you, Carter? Oh, I, <laughs> I too have anxiety, but that's not my whole identity. <laughs> I feel like you would be all right. I feel like your anxiety wouldn't like overcome you to the point where you wouldn't do what you need to do. I'm the kind yeah. of person that like I can I get really activated in the moment and I can hyper focus on getting something done. But as soon as we're done, I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown. Like if I had been Pietro, I would have went to Paris with a burn of paperwork and then I would have had to check into a hospital like immediately. After. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, holy fucking shit! Like that just happened. Like oh my god. <laughs> but I feel like if we were with you, we would have like. A care package ready. We'll have right. like, we Xanax, a little blunt. Like, Here, well, not the blunt because that'll make it 10 times worse. Oh, let's make it worse. Okay, never mind. We'll uh, scratch the blunt. 
I'm just some saying, like, whatever you need. Yeah, some alcohol. A movie. Bring some Jameson. And we'll have your dogs. All right, we'll have Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, my God. Can they be dressed up as, like, Italian people? <laughs> All of a sudden, we're Italian. <laughs> we're in Italy, okay? I don't even know how to do an Italian accent. Me yeah, me either. Not without being racist. <laughs> is it racist? Is it? Is I'm going to do a, a, a Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy meatball. <laughs> Go. Our listeners in Italy, if we I ever have everyone any... to know that's Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> y'all didn't see my hand. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the hand. You gotta do the hand. Wait, was the chef from The Little Mermaid Italian? No, no, he was Parisian. Yeah, I know. I am. <sighs> well, y'all, if we ever seriously do a high school, keep y'all updated. <laughs> we'll do an episode well, on ourselves. I feel like heists are so glamorous, though. And I don't yeah. know if that's like Ocean's movies doing it to me, but they, they're just so cool. Yeah. I mean, I even like set it off. Like, that's one of my favorite movies yes. in the whole wide world. It's yes. something about robbing a bank. It's but you know, Haki, though, like, I feel like the message between a, like behind a lot of those movies is like, Without the small fuck ups, you probably won't get caught. Yeah. The only reason why yeah. I got caught is because Cleo was fucking throwing CDs out the window. Yeah, yes. true. And bitch, and like her baby and, new thing, right? right. New car and all that. We yeah. got Spotify now, girl. You ain't got. We ain't got to do it. <laughs> right. We're not doing this. Keep your gloves on. Don't touch the music. Right. And don't fucking do no victory dance because the people that's that's what happened in Takers. I think he did like the little thing to the oh, camera. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. do no nigga shit. Don't oh, sign off. All about Takers. <laughs> listen that's another podcast because first of all why did they kill like y'all killed everybody including my mans michael michael ely is your man michael ely is my man i hate that for all of us why is so fine i love that for you (laughs) what's the what's the fine white guys isn't Um, that the one that died in that car crash oh paul walker yes Yes. Um, he was fine i cry every time i hear that was khalifa song Y'all know. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's It's with um Charlie Puth. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, and Idris Elba. Idris Elba's in your man over Michael Ealy. But he didn't. I don't think he died. Was also in that. Idris was the only one that lived. Yeah, I think he was one of one of the only ones that lived. Yeah. That movie was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. It was wasted ninety minutes of my life. I could never get that. (laughs) That should be there for the thirst, but (laughs) even that was a dub. Then five years later, we found out half of them were problematic as well. Right. They just put oh, a bunch of damn. beautiful people on the cast and thought them were <laughs> right. Be You're right. right. There was a small window of time, though, when those movies were super popular. Like, every movie was about a group of guys robbing a bank mm-hmm. super dramatically. Or, yeah. like, the A team, the losers. It was always like a team of misfits trying mm-hmm. to pull off this huge operation. Or they would just have, like, a huge A list cast and the storyline would be trash, but it would just be so many people that everyone knew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say I'm like a guy in that regard. Like, if there are good fight scenes and shit blowing up, you got me. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll be there. I'll at least watch it once. <laughs> Dude, wait, so you like fast movies? Yeah, I like, well, I mean, I just like movies in general, but sometimes uh-huh. I just need a little chaos. I just need some bright lights and some uh, okay. fights and some blood. And, yeah. Gotcha. Speaking of, I saw Shang-Chi. Fucking amazing. It was? Yeah, everything, okay. Everyone that's phenomenal. Everyone has said it's so good. I'm watching it. So, I so, so good. It. I'm going to swing on Aquafina if I ever meet her, but everything <laughs> else fantastic. She need to be swung on because they asked her about that black scent. Matter of fact, that should be a crime. Should this be a crime? Yes, oh, it should. Oh, wait, let's do that. Okay, let's end <laughs> this section right, and we can we'll talk about right that. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Should this be a crime? <laughs> What's 
so cute. <laughs> Should this be your time? We're back. Yes. yes. We kind of got started. We got a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yes. we came up with it just in the moment. In our own rant. What I tell y'all this week is off the cuff, except for Aaron's wonderful investigation. Oh, thank you. Great research. Thank Everything so else we're making up as we go this week. Yeah. And I feel like that's okay. That gives us our best reactions. Yeah. Yes. Best content. Okay, so what are we doing for Should This Be a Crime? Black Sense. <laughs> Performing blackness for profit. In general, and also very specifically. Aquafina. <laughs> Poorly. (laughs) Poorly. You know what I hate? Whenever black people, whenever people, I'm like, let me start. (laughs) I hate whenever whenever non-black people perform blackness, they don't even do it like in a way that could be kind of cool. Right. They do it. They like, like when she imitates black people, she sounds like Chris Rock. Yeah. I'm like, black people don't talk like this. Like, that's not how (laughs) it is. She does. That's not how it is. It's like a minstrel show. And that's what makes it a problem. And I'm like, why would you choose that? Or like, even the kids on TikTok, like the whole like, oh, this is Gen Z speak. This is how Gen Z sounds. Internet slang. I Internet hate slang. That. Come on now. That one does burn me up. It yeah. does. Me too. Because black people just can't get credit for shit. No. Yeah. And we got it from our grandparents. So why are you a fucking 18 year old white person and you sound like my granny who's 80? Like that right. don't make no. And how they gonna use? How sense. do they use like all of our slang? Take it as their own, but then look down upon ebonics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah A-V-E. And call it ghetto. When they could, they didn't even know how to pronounce child. They thought it was Chile. Oh my god! Like, I forgot about I, that. I, 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 okay, I know that was funny, <laughs> but I love it. Woo Chile! Woo Chile! <laughs> Chile is a thing, but they were pronouncing it like Chile, like the country. Oh like, yeah! They didn't know that it was like child or Chile like that. Yeah. They didn't even know what it was like. How it was supposed to yeah. sound Bitch. at all? Let me tell you something. I, and I feel like that's strictly an internet thing too because in real life if you talk to white people like that they'll be like what the fuck are you talking about right. like so they don't have that same energy strictly Gen Z is on TikTok but back to Aquafina though I think in the interview they was like um so it was like something about black sense or like you you know basically like you got these allegations you I'm gonna see if I can pull up the, the interview while you're talking oh yeah because yeah. maybe we can play it and she's like um you know, I'm, I'm open to the conversation, but first she she stammered for a little bit. She's like, oh, she was switching up in her seat, all comfortable and shit. It's like, fuck, they found out. Like, I love the pictures on Twitter because it looked like she literally got caught. Like, I don't know. It just looked like, yeah. <laughs> like she was actually trying to get away and they took some pictures. Like. <laughs> it's like she was about to get up out her seat. This interview but was my over. Fa- my least favorite part about the fact that she said, I'm open to the conversation is like, bitch, is that not what an interview is? Yeah, it's not conversation. It's like, happening right now. I would love for like us to be her interviewers or something. Um, and she'd be like, "Oh, I'm open to the conversation." I'd be like, "This is the conversation." Be so like, "Okay, well, let's, let's have it. it. I'm right open. Here. You open. Let's do it." We but can also the fact that she said with her whole entire chest, not even three weeks ago, that she would never do like an Asian accent for like a role. She would never, and she called it minstrelsy. which is literally derived from minstrel shows, which had to do with niggas. Like, imitating she called doing a quote-unquote asian accent menstrualcy yeah she used that exact word. okay no but that to me that means that you know what menstrualcy is exactly mm. that's so anti-black that is Speak so anti-black okay so i kind of i don't know this is kind of what i think about it and I'm, i promise you i'm not trying to be like problematic but i just i'm just trying to point out how ridiculous it is to me like just say like the most stereotypical goofy 
Asian accent or like Chinese accent or something like that that you can think of like when we were kids like mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Chan Adventures or some shit like that mm-hmm. if a black person sounded like the uncle or like Jackie Chan off of that show and then was like oh yeah I uh, I grew up around Asian people that shit would not fly no. that shit would not fucking fly and you would probably get your ass beat like, right. lose all your sponsorships ain't no more Wheaties commercials none of that shit like okay I found the quote oh, you, oh did you do you want to just read the quote out or do you want me to play the video Oh, you can play it. That'll okay. be funny. Let's see. If, if we can get the video to work, we'll do that. Maybe you can also read the quote in case I need to edit that part out. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm open to the conversation. I think, I think it, you know, it, it's, it, it really is something that, um, I think is, is a little bit multifaceted and, and layered. Um, and so, Yeah. Girl, you ain't say a damn thing. You didn't say yeah. shit. I'm glad I played that because <laughs> what are you saying? Multifaceted and layered. Sure, girl. Yeah, no. You performed a black scent for the first 15 years of your career and you don't even have one in this interview. What is the truth? Like, what is the truth? Those are the layers right there. It's two layers. <laughs> you and that ugly ass black scent that you was doing for fucking money and white people ate it the fuck up. And it wasn't just the, the accent, which, you know, we could argue all day about like who gets to wear what, even if it came from black culture and gets away with it. But she used to dress very differently, too. And yes, your style can change. But the two paired together just never sat right with my spirit. To yeah. me, it felt like she put on this black scent dressed differently in order to get certain roles. And now that she's notable, people know her name. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. Right. Yeah. So let now I'm going to get my image. Right. Let me clean it up. And let me be respectable. Now, and I'm going right. to pretend that that never existed. <laughs> Even though. I, uh, 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 I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm open to the comment. Girl, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, a whole clown. And it's sad because like, she's a good actress. It's so sad. And yeah. so it's just like, well, I mean, judging based off of public opinion, I haven't seen her in anything. But apparently everybody saw her in, like, the, the Farewell or something like that. Oh, I didn't see that. Did release two hip-hop albums? Shut the fuck up. No, I don't need that in my subconscious. I'm Please, not going to listen to that. i some of it. No. Uh, I not want it. I need it. Because <laughs> there was this one song that I heard accidentally, and it was, like, My Vagina. Wait, I do remember her making music hip-hop music i think she made a song that i liked and then i looked her up and i was like bitch who is this wait I, wow i'm having a crisis right now because i remember this welcome back to iron and killer podcast today <laughs> is it a crime to be aquafina <laughs> oh, I, i'm wondering does anyone like aquafina i don't know like do people i think she has a fan base okay are they white the beat not bad i was gonna say i don't hate it it's just the irony of all these things combined yeah no so apparently her first single was in 2012 she also has a single called queef which i will be listening to later disgusting (laughs) she had an album named yellow ranger and then in 2018 she had one called in fina we trust Hmm. so yeah connecting all these dots just now in my mind she was two separate people it's like childish gambino and um 
Donald Glover. Mm. Yeah. So I don't think I made the connection, even though she uses the same stage name. Mm. I wonder why she decided to name herself Aquafina spelled like that. And that's another problem. I feel, I feel like she's making fun of black yeah, people's names. Yeah, I felt I'm sorry. Yeah. Everything about it. Yeah. My name Aquafina. Yeah. Ooh. Like, cause how like a lot of black people be having names after like Mercedes mm-hmm. and like Porsche. So I that like. Mm-hmm. What if black people had names after a like, water bottle? <laughs> you know, the water that everyone hates. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody hate Aquafina <laughs> and Dasani. Well, I think that we have all decided that it is a crime to be Aquafina. <laughs> Her own name is Nora Loom. Nora's cute. Nora is cute. Uh, I hate it for everybody. I also hate it for her. Why did you do this? Girl, you just disappear for five years and come back as Nora. They'll forgive you. Just, just come back. Yeah. Stop playing yeah. faces, please. And, and, and address it. Or at least be like, I'm an idiot. And let people help you. Or it, I don't know. I don't feel like she needs explaining. I feel like she knows exactly what she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't, like... But she needs to be accountable. Right. Don't do everything possible not to answer a question straight up. And right. I wish that... I mean, I didn't watch the whole interview but i wish the interview interviewer would have done a follow-up question like okay stop playing yeah. my face yeah. right <laughs> exactly i feel like my last this is the last thing i'll say about it because i can go on all day this. <laughs> my last thing about it is that like if you're non-black if you're white take that opportunity to show off your own culture black people we see enough of our culture on a daily basis we live it our grandparents and our aunties parents cousins all that shit we all live that shit every single day. And we're not tired of it, but it's like when we come in contact with non-black people, white people, like we want to see some different shit. Like mm-hmm. if you fucking, I don't know, Chinese or whatever, fuck, be Chinese. I'm not saying that you have to be stereotypical, but like show us some new shit. You had the chance to show everybody that you're a serious actress, that you can be funny or whatever, and that you can make music. And you decided to do this thing because you knew that it was going to get you clapped for being goofy and for being ghetto mm-hmm. or whatever. It's so like, I... I just don't understand why, like, in Crazy Rich Asians, why did she feel the need to have this black scent? Bitch, ain't and you, wasn't it in Singapore? Yes, <laughs> they were literally in Singapore. <laughs> I to say, like, I don't messy. remember her exact character. Like, maybe she had lived in America for a little while, but that doesn't make any sense. It's musty. Yeah. It is musty. And yeah. it's like, so you sound every way but Asian. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Because we're a minority here. So even if you did travel to America, you just hung around so many niggas. Like, you landed straight in Bankhead. It was like... <laughs> landed straight in Bankhead. <laughs> she flew. She didn't even fly to Atlanta Hartsville. She landed right there at Ashby Station and was like, ooh, I like how they talk like this. I'm like, <laughs> like girl, what? Our uncles sound like that. We don't sound like that. What is what is going on with you? Anyway, girl, get it together. Yes, please. please. Like Carter said, just disappear for a little bit. And now you're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So yes, I'm for, for the life. next ten years. Please, please pull it together. Pull it together. When she when during uh, Shang Chi, she didn't have the accent. Um, I don't know. I it, yeah, no. Okay, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not the not the way she did in Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. That's that's like my metric. Yeah, and I don't feel like it was as thick. Or in Ocean's Eight, it was thick there too. I don't even remember her being in that movie. I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. She was the skateboarder. <laughs> okay, Maybe I lied. I just completely like erased it from my memory because I can't stand <laughs> her so much. I lied. I have so much to say. I feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of dumb black people don't know how to be funny too. Like black people know how to like take some the struggle and make it lit. Mm-hmm. and like a lot of non-black people don't know how to do that so they just imitate black people 
Yeah. Like we know how to take trauma and shit and make a joke out of it. And we have like a very specific way of talking to each other and shit like that. And they don't have that. There's no like cultural, like, I don't Banter know. Banter or yeah. like community in that way. Yeah. Like their vernacular is different. Yeah. So. And that's okay. And it's very it's much okay. Fine. But for you to have to like ride on the back of a black scent in order to be successful as an actor. Yeah. What does that say? Same thing with Rich Chigga. Did he change his name? The <laughs> Timothy De La Ghetto. All them niggas. Please, like, I had deleted all this from my brain. This is really bringing up a lot. I was shocked. <laughs> right, my body. My body you thought that was okay? You activated my fight or flight response. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Not everything else. Trigger warning. Uh, Anti-black Asians. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Okay. Team. I know we're ripping on Aquafina, but there's a lot of people that we could like. Yes, there's a lot of people. people. But just in general, and it's like, don't do it's it. Totally off the yeah, head. we want to be in solidarity with other people of color in particular. And it just some folks be making it hard. Yeah, y'all really do. And everyone on Twitter, on TikTok makes it hard. Yeah. All the Gen Zers. And I love Gen Z too, but But when they grow up, they're not gonna have no personality. Like when they they're hit their mid twenties, what are they gonna say? Like, are they still gonna be? And child? they're only gonna dance like this. Or, yeah, you know? <laughs> that's all they're gonna be in, in the club, just doing this. <laughs> I wish I could see. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> doing a renegade. <laughs> Black people moved on to different dances, got different lingo, and everything, and y'all still right. doing. Oh no! Fucking savage dance. They're only gonna know the songs that went viral on TikTok. Yeah, I'm not gonna play. I do only be knowing the little snippets of the songs on yeah. TikTok now. I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you hear the rest of the song, you're like, I'm like, yeah. oh, is that okay? Okay, I guess. <laughs> it don't hit like that little thirty seconds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, all right. This was fun. This was this a good was episode. Fun. It was great. Thanks yeah. for joining us for a lighter week. Yes. Um, be sure to follow us on our social media. We haven't done this in a while. So Instagram, Twitter. No, no, no. Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook are at Podcast, And then Twitter is at Pod. And you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We see you one person with the Amazon home speaker or whatever. <laughs> love that. See, we see you from yeah, we see you listens from a TV, and I love that. Love that yeah. too. Oh. You know, we're filling up your whole home with surround sound. <laughs> right. Tell your yeah. friends about us, please. Yes. Yes. yes leave a review. Make y'all laugh, and I don't know. Have a good time with us. <laughs> we hope y'all laugh because <laughs> we've been cracking up. They're probably just like Shay face. <laughs> right. I'm like, what are these bitches laughing at? Like, Ain't shit funny. <laughs> Yeah, talk about some true crime with us. Tell your friends yes. and your peoples and leave us feedback. Please. All right. See you on Monday. Signing off as the King of Keys. <laughs> Signing off as the Joker. Well, I'm Speedy. Well, oh, no, you're Speedy. The editor. <laughs> the editor. <laughs> we'll come up with nicknames in the, uh, next week. We'll finalize it next week. Let's update y'all on the heist. Bye, y'all. All right, bye. Bye.